Well, hi, and welcome to Practice Makes Parent, where we understand it's not about perfection, but about transformation. I'm Dr. Danny Huerta. And I'm Rebecca St. James. And today we are talking about how we can best parent our strong-willed child, or as my mom would like mm. to say, our world-changing child. Yeah, this is going to be is fun. That, is that a little bit better, yeah. Danny? <laughs> it's good. It can, well, it can be really frustrating and discouraging when you have a child yes. that is stubborn and kind of hard to parent in that they're hard to manage sometimes. And I... I remember when Gemma, who is now nine, was three, you know, and we'd heard, again, she's our first, we'd heard about the terrible twos, but it was really, for us, the whew, the uh, challenging, terrible threes that that kind of hit us real hard because, man, the pushback at three was just so much more intense than I think even two um, with our world-changing child, Daddy. <laughs> she so Okay, I'll, I'll tell you a little story. We were on the road. I was on the road, my husband and I, with Gemma and for King Country, my brothers, and I was singing with them on their Christmas tour, and she was three years old, and my goodness, like just some of the pushback on behavioral things, some of how she was behaving. It was just really challenging for me as a parent. And she had a cousin who was out on the road, my brother's son, um, who is just a little bit more naturally compliant, and he was being well-behaved and a good kid and listening well. And then my child is is not so much. And I was pregnant at the same time too, oh, Danny. No. I mean, it was just this collision <laughs> of, oh, just, yeah, a lot of challenges. So... I I relate to this topic. I'm excited to get to this topic, and I think a lot of parents listening are probably excited too well, to get for the tools out of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you needed a nap after that, right? Ooh, yes. Yeah, it's such an important topic for families. Being a, a counselor therapist, uh, man, it, this is something that comes up often. I'm sure. Uh, families end up in, in the counseling office. I remember sitting next to my brother when he was when we were uh, young kids. He was super strong-willed, okay. I'll say that. Okay. And uh, we had uh, been corrected by our parents, and uh, my brother goes, yeah, it doesn't affect me at all. I, why are you crying, you know? And, and he just he was so <laughs> yeah. hard-nosed. Because he just uh, didn't we care so, so much as you did, right? Uh, you were just more <laughs> naturally right. compliant, more pleasing, and he's just like, oh, whatever. He's like, whatever. And <laughs> my daughter, with my daughter, we have strong-willed moments. Okay. Uh, right. And those are those are interesting moments where you do feel a sense of helplessness for a moment, hopelessness mm. potentially on this topic, but you also feel your buttons being pushed. Yes. And you don't want to get sucked into the vortex of disagreement with a strong-willed child because you, no one's going to win and it's going yep. to turn out uh, not so good in your relationship. And you know, a child just wants to be heard. That strong-willed child, the one that we call a strong-willed child, is a is a child that's super opinionated. Yes. They want to be understood. They want to be taken seriously. They're the leaders of, of the world, potentially. They're good or bad, and they, they want some control. Uh, they want influence mm. in the moment. They want influence on what's being decided, what's being done. And so they take that seriously. They're just natural at this. And so remember that they don't necessarily have a problem with the authority in front of them. It's what the authority represents. Hmm. <laughs> uh, authority challenges their momentum of, of wanting something, and they have a natural-born potential 
for creating influence and, and power control in healthy ways. And so they're, they're leaders, and authority presents a challenge, especially early on when they just want something, yes. right? And so try to keep an open mind with a, a strong-willed child because know that your buttons are going to be pushed. And if you're inflexible in the moment and adjusting to truly what's below the surface, you probably will get sucked into a place where you didn't really want to be going into emotionally. And uh, pretty soon you lose it or you start yelling and just don't assume the worst in them. Mm. They're, they're not wanting uh, really necessarily to be defiant in any way. Uh, they just really want their way. And so yes. help them find healthy ways to do this. So pray for them and yes. consistently share with them that you care deeply mm. about who they are. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And I think showing them that too, like I've noticed with Gemma, as I engage deeper relationship with her, give her quality time, give her just kind of one-on-one time with me and so into really the friendship part of our relationship, she just yes, softens. So she's key. just softer. Like she's just becoming softer and softer. Mm. And um, it's really sweet to see that that relationship and that connectedness helps kind of deter the strong-willed moments from so <laughs> happening <So> consistently. <laughs> Well, changing our mindset is often essential here as we navigate our strong-willed children. And we've got some great segments coming up. Later on, we will hear a question from one of our listeners who wants to know, how can she guide her son when all he does is start a fight with her? Can kind of relate to that, especially Gemma at three. (laughs) But first, we had a great conversation with Cynthia Tobias where she shares some practical tips for parenting strong-willed children. She's an author and a great friend to focus on the family. Let's listen to the conversation that we had with Cynthia. So, Cynthia, let's talk about authority, because sometimes authority and strong will does not uh, mix well in these children. And so you talk about how a parent's authority is communicated and how that can really impact a strong-willed child, how that can be a trigger to them. Talk about that. And I've talked to thousands of strong-willed kids of all ages, and we just, we all agree on this. It's, it's not authority that we struggle with. It's how that authority is communicated. If, Mm. if it turns into a bony finger in my face, if it's a, listen, you're going to do this and I mean it. And I am, I'm telling you that if this doesn't get that kind of authority, although we want to obey authority, it, it triggers something in us says, wait a minute. I always have a choice. You're not the boss of me. I'm the boss of me. And so then we get into a different mode that's difficult to get away from. So one of the biggest things you can do as a parent is just to remember your tone of voice. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, I speak to a lot of yes. first responders and we talk about, I talk about, you know, the positional authority that you have in the military or in the, in the paramilitary type organizations, when someone that's in authority over you gives you an order, you jump. And if they tell you to jump, you ask how high. But it doesn't work that way when you come home with your four-year-old. Mm. <laughs> the positional authority no longer works. Just because you tell me and you say, because I said so, that's why, that's going to cause more problems than it actually helps. Mm. Authority communicated in the right way has some very positive positive consequences. Mm. Can you give us an example of that? I mean, I, I think my authority, I think I'm communicating it well, 
what does what's the difference between communicating it well and communicating it poorly? You talked about the finger, the bony finger, but is there a right yeah, I way? I think that's probably the easiest um, sort of catchphrase to remember. The way your voice comes out is, you're not going to do that, and I mean it. All right, that's that says I don't have a choice. You you certainly are going to do that, Mister. You're not. Don't you argue with me? Then instead of saying that, say, Hey, you know this is how it's going to be, right? Because we we are going to get this done. I want you to be successful, and and you're not weakening anything, and you're not compromising. Because I wouldn't, as a strong-willed child, I wouldn't respect you if you backed down and you were weak. I just want you to talk to me the way you expect me to talk back to you. Mm. I'm I'm looking for you to model the tone of voice that you want me to use. Mm. If you want me to respect you, then model that for me, and wow. I will match your tone most of the time. Mm-hmm. I loved what you said, too, about choice, Cynthia, before you, you were saying they don't want to feel like they're not given a choice. I've heard one parenting book that I read a while ago because, man, I've really sought wisdom with my oldest. I mean, I remember just feeling like she was two, and, and I feel like I'm a pretty strong person, but, man, I, she was just giving me such a run for my money that I didn't expect. It's like, you're so little and coming out with me with so much strength. <laughs> but one parenting book said, give your kids a couple choices, but a couple choices that you actually want, that, you, that are good with you, you know, um, so that they actually feel like they have some power in the situation. Is that something that you'd suggest? Or what? how do you give them that sense of free will and choice while also helping them along with what they need to get done? You ask a really important question. What's the point? You, uh, you ask yourself, okay, what is it I need to accomplish here? And if you start to get pushback, you say, okay, look, here's the bottom line. Here's what needs to get done. Now, if you can think of another way to do it, I'm open to your suggestion. Mm-hmm. But it, but mm-hmm. the accountability, you define that accountability and you allow for the fact that maybe there is a different way to be done, but there isn't a different mm-hmm. accountability here. So, you know, you're saying, look, if you have another way, uh, you let me know. Oh, never mind. I'll just yes. do it. But I realize you recognize that there's no magic, just one way that you can force me to do it. And I'm, my tendency is to cooperate with you. I just wanted to know that you're not pointing a bony finger and saying, you know, we know that there's nothing we really have to do except die, which we're willing to do, at least figuratively, right? So when you say, if you don't, this happens, we might say, hey, go ahead, you know, take your best shot. Then where are you? Well, as a parent, you've just not only lost your authority, you've just lost your leverage and Mm. and you've got nothing. And they just took control of the situation completely Mm. away from you. Mm. So again, just and think in your mind, always be thinking in your mind. What is it I'm trying to accomplish here? And be prepared Uh, to let them know. Even a toddler sometimes, hmm. look, we need to pick these toys up. Do you want me to help you or do you want to do it on your own? The kind of choice, you have your firm voice, you have the accountability clear, but you're not saying, I said do it. Mm. Yeah, and Cynthia, what's interesting with that is strong-willed kids, uh, or the the leader types, you could call them, right? Right. Uh, They they want to be validated. They want to bring opinion. They they want to bring voice to the mix, and they want to be heard. And so I I wonder, for a parent, usually a leader child, especially in their unhealthiness, or this strong will that comes out, is a button pusher. 
And then it's hard to validate that that moment because then you're dysregulated, you feel challenged, you feel fear, uh, a lot of emotions get get hit. Uh, I wonder in that moment of validation, what works really well for a strong-willed child as we're listening to their emotions? Uh, uh, what have you noticed in your work with families navigating this? What what draws that child out in a way that where they, they're communicating with a parent in building relationship rather than fighting with a parent? One really good context, and I'm sure, Danny, that you're really familiar with this because I'm sure you use it, but that, you know, the, the three things that every person, especially children, want, and that is, number one, to be listened to, number two, to be understood, and number three, to be taken seriously, yes. right? So, so even a young, strong-willed child wants you to listen to them. They want to make sure they're understood. And then they want to be taken seriously, not, oh, yeah, right, like that's going to happen. You know that you know better than that. That's not the way we do things. Well, again, we go back to model for me the way you want me to talk to you. You don't want me to talk that way, do you? You don't want me to say, no, I'm not going to do it and I won't do it. So don't don't come across that way. Yes. Yeah, and it regulates that child. When they feel understood, that anxiety of not feeling heard and understood goes down. Right. And so they, they start to calm down because you've received it, right? You've said, hey, I heard this. I understand this. Right. I'm receiving your emotions. And in that validation, they're able to let go of that strong emotion for the moment. And now you have a bridge and you have a relationship building. You have an opportunity to transform the relationship, and that can be so exciting, Mm. yet it's so difficult, and it can be wobbly and imperfect. And one big question, Cynthia, that I have, and this is a hard one for many parents, especially Christian parents, is how can they best point them to Jesus? Because uh, Jesus in in Scripture is an authority in their lives, and this can be a tricky thing as they're getting older. You know, one thing that worked for me, and it sounds kind of corny, I guess, but we had a practice. First of all, it's very important, as you know, you should have be having devotions with your kids every day. It should, you know, Christ should be at the center of a marriage, the center of parenting. But um, with my strong-willed child, especially, we would have a thing with both my kids. I would say, we want our lives to bring honor and glory to God. And they would agree. And we always talked about, and so sometimes if he did something, I'd say, wait a minute, Mike. Do you think what you just did did that bring honor and glory to God? And mm. and yes, oh uh, no. And and once I said something about, hey Mike, uh, do you still want your life to bring honor and glory to God? Yes, yes, I know what I did just didn't do it. And I, okay, sorry. Mm. You know, it's so that it becomes the standard, um, and you you keep it the standard for you too. And you say, wow, you know. What I did, I just don't think I did it in a way that really brings glory to God. And I just want to tell you, I'm sorry I did it that way. I'd really like, you know, I want to do it over because I want to honor God. Do you understand Mm. why I want to do that? So good. And Cynthia, pointing them to the fact that the boundaries and limits are there for, for safety, for guidance, and because of love. And the hard part for strong-willed children is that right. they have a hard time trusting uh, someone other than themselves, right? They, mm. When they're trying to get things done, they're saying, well, no one else can do it like I can do it. I know what I'm doing, so I'm just going to do it. It's faster that way. It's more efficient. And that can translate into this Christian right. faith where they're saying, well, I think I, you know, I've got this, right? Which is why you have to 
you do the difficult thing and follow through with the consequences. You know, because you don't threaten it if you're not going to do it. And if you realize what you threatened is not, you, you overstepped and you don't want to do it, then you again, you're asking, okay, wait a minute, I, I need a redo on that. Because you know what? I'm sorry, the way I said it was really not how I wanted to do it. And then you're saying for them too. So you're modeling that. For them, it's okay for them to say that too. Wow, that was a very powerful and practical conversation that we had with Cynthia, Danny. That was awesome. Oh, yes. yeah. We need to work on opening that door of communication with our kids and work to have an open mind with them, to believe the best, yes. uh, to encourage them, to affirm when they do well, to highlight the good, and to call them to account You know, when it's not so good. <laughs> The way to their hearts is to listen and to respond with grace. It's such such great advice. Yes, Rebecca, that's that's so true. I mean, it's tricky. It's not easy. It is to it is. to raise a child that has such strong opinion and that is challenging you. It can be very tiring. It can be worrisome. Mm-hmm. You can think that man, I'm I'm just doing something wrong here. Especially if it's your only child or your first child, <laughs> you can start yes. to doubt your own parenting. And what's good is just to take some time to think about what's going on under the surface, what's going on below the surface, that these are the thoughts, the emotions, the perceptions, the beliefs, the deeper needs that your child is bringing to the table. Uh, Are there certain times of day where this begins to happen? Are there things at school where they feel powerless and now they're coming home and trying to gain power? There's so many uh, things behind the behaviors with our kids. Let's not get stuck in those behaviors with them. And they really just want to be heard. They want to be understood in that relational place. I know with my daughter, it's been great, like you said, Rebecca, to have that one-on-one time, take the time to have understanding. And when you when you lock up on things, asking questions, being curious about what are the thoughts? Why do you see that so... Um, why are you putting the stake in the ground right here? Why is this so important to you? Help me understand you a little bit better mm. and work with them to find out how they can pursue life in healthy ways. Teach them. Instead of fighting yeah. with them, teach them. what uh, you know. I see this is what you're wanting to get. This would be a potentially a better way to pursue that. Mm. And uh, even something as simple as changing our tone as parents can be helpful in calming down the moment so that you're not triggering your child by you being triggered, and it can make a big difference in that conversation with your son or your daughter. That's great advice, Danny. So right on. And if you're listening and you would like to learn more about how you can respond to your strong-willed child, respond instead of react, uh, get a copy of Cynthia's book, You Can't Make Me, But I Can Be Persuaded. We have that here at Focus on the Family, available for a gift of any amount. This podcast is possible because of your financial support, so please donate and get the book today. All the details are in the show notes. It's time for our weekly Q&A. This week's question comes from a mom named Carrie who asked, My daughter is so stubborn and almost never does what she's asked to do. Every time I try to talk with her about it, she starts a fight with me. Mm. I'm at the end of my rope and I don't know what to do. How can I change her attitude towards me? Wow. Danny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Danny, right? <laughs> Come on, expert, uh, Danny. That's... Expert, Danny, Come bring the goods. <laughs> uh, what's interesting is this is what comes to the office quite often. Yeah. Where a parent 
feels helpless, powerless, and says, hey, can, can you please fix my child? Right. And uh, many times there's a relationship that needs to be looked at first. And as a parent, I encourage you to be, to be curious about what's going on in that deeper place, as we talked about earlier in the show, and not taking things so personally in those moments. Your child is popping emotionally, and she's highly motivated for something. And uh, the, the trick is figuring out what is the motivation. Is it control power? Is it really the thing she's arguing about? Is there some unfinished conflict that you that keeps coming up for the two of you that needs some uh, resolution? And maybe that's uh, needing a counselor to step in and to help you guys understand each other at a deeper level. And uh, if you think that may be it, uh, know that we have a counseling line here. I used to serve on that counseling team mm. and absolutely love, love the counselors there. And okay. it's a free phone call, uh, completely confidential. Uh, and the number is 1-800-232-6459. Awesome. 1-800-232-6459. And it'll be in the show notes if you, if you don't remember it. And uh, that, they'll take the time that's needed to go into your individual situation uh, in this one right here, because there's so much to it. When a child uh, is is just constantly pushing back, there's something deeper there that you need to explore and then figure out your buttons. What's being pushed in you that you need to uh, understand more deeply as well? Because there could be some, maybe a tone or reactiveness that's also contributing to you guys getting locked up. Mm, that's so good. You know, I'm thinking, Danny, too, of um, a marriage book that I read pretty early on in marriage that talked about when you're kind of fighting regularly, whoever thinks that they're the more mature person in the relationship should step out of the crazy cycle, what they call the crazy cycle, <laughs> and, you know, be the one to show unconditional love and to be the one to kind of stop the argument. And I, I just kind of think about mm. fights have to have two to tango. Uh, and yes. there's probably a reason why First Corinthians 13 talks about love. Love is patient. It's like the first thing that talks about you know, how can we be loving in this situation, probably by being patient and not engaging with that crazy cycle, not engaging with the arguments, maybe stepping back and going, hey, I love you, my child. And right now when we're both kind of a, maybe a bit triggered and a bit upset is not probably the time to finish this conversation. Let's take a step back, calm down, and we'll talk about this, um, you know, in a more calmer way at another mm -hmm. time. And Rebecca, you know, one thing there that's important to think about yep. Yep. is have my boundaries and limits been clear and consistent? Mm. Because sometimes uh, highly opinionated leader types lose trust in authority when they haven't been consistent and clear. And this isn't to blame mm. uh, Carrie in any way or to have Carrie go into shame, but really it's about, hey, we need to step back and take some inventories, you're saying. Yes. Have I been clear? Have I been consistent? Uh, have I been fair in, in my response? Or have I been reactive? And all of a sudden, she, uh, my, my daughter does something and, and I'm fully reactive. So uh, yes. it, it, it is important to think through that because yep. trust may have been lost there. Yes. And you're right, maybe it hasn't been communicated. Look, this is the kind of tone that I expect in our in our relationship is mm -hmm. a respectful tone. And 
we need to, you know, take a moment to step back from that because I don't want to engage in this kind of disrespectful tone. Right. So, yeah, talking about those expectations, I think, are so very important. Thank you, Danny, for that. And we want to say thank you to Kerry for your wonderful question. It's so helpful. And if you are listening and you have a question for us, please send it in. We would love to answer it. You can click the link in the show notes or go to practicemakesparent.com and click the button on the side of our show page to submit a voicemail. We hope that this episode gave you the practical steps and tools you need to better understand your strong-willed child. Yes, it's such an incredibly important topic, Danny, and that's why we love doing this podcast, because it's our goal to equip parents like you with practical tools that you can use in your everyday life with your kids. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dr. Danny Huerta. And I'm Rebecca St. James. Join us next week for more tips for transforming your parenting on Practice Makes Parent. Your kids are unique, and so are you. You have your strengths as a parent and areas of growth, too. Find out what they are by taking the seven traits of effective parenting assessment from Focus on the Family. Find out how you're doing on traits like gratitude, grace, and other research-backed traits. When you're done, we'll give you a detailed PDF with several pages of content on how to use your unique strengths and how to work on your areas of growth. This simple framework shows you how to be an effective mom or dad in daily family life, a parent who recognizes your imperfections and finds ways to thrive. You'll also get access to other resources from Focus on the Family to help you keep growing into the best parent for your kids. It only takes a few minutes to boost your parenting. Take the seven traits of effective parenting assessment at parentingtraits.com. That's parentingtraits.com.